Welcome to the wonderful world of wine, exploring all things wine with you. We are your hosts, Kim Simone and Mark Lindsay, and you can find us on Facebook at The Wonderful World of Wine. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the new year, the wonderful world of wine. We're your hosts, Mark and Kim, and every week we bring you trending topics in the wine world, and this week is no different. And how are you, Mark? Everything is great, Kim. Always great to talk wine with you and our listeners today. Absolutely. We're back going again. That's right. Back in the saddle. A little bit of a holiday break that we had. We are uh, back to our regularly scheduled... (laughs) (laughs) wine chats, which is great. It's nice. Always nice to talk to you about things that are going on in the industry and things that we see just from our friends, the consumers. Yes, I agree. We, it's time to get back going. And, uh, today's show, Kim, we had to tell our listeners, we had an episode 211 last year, some eight, nine months ago in which we do our trends for the year. So the trends for 2022 and at the end, we kind of joke, said, geez, we should really follow up with this. So we Next figured <laughs> that's the way we're, we're going to start. We're going to look at what we talked about was going to trend in 2022 and see if it actually happened, Kim. Mm-hmm. So what would you like to start with that we talked about and see if we uh, came across any of it? So one of the things that I remember we talked about was about sparkling wine being something that people were going to be consuming a little bit more, whether it's as an everyday drink or as something that you don't necessarily save the the good stuff or the bubble stuff for the for special occasions, and that it was going to become more of a regular consumption thing. And I have seen sort of conflicting reports about this one. There have been some industry studies that said, yes, purchase of sparkling wines has gone up, but I can't say that I have really seen that in my everyday life. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think they were saying kava for sparkling was going to increase in 2022. But we've gone back and forth all last year saying we've seen reports where champagne is hot, champagne is cold, you can't find champagne. But then we see these numbers saying, oh, it was it was trending up and sold like crazy. But I know we talked a bunch of times and I could not even really get champagne for the longest time mm-hmm. at the end of the peak of COVID. And I had the same issue with kava. Yeah. Not so, being able to find um, find certain things. Well, the kava thing may have been because it was trending in 2022 and you're having a yep. hard time. Good point. But I, in sparkling, all I saw was Prosecco still booming. And they didn't really mention that was going to trend, but they did say the sparkling thing. But I, I saw it as far as Prosecco is kicking in for sparkling in 2022. What else did you have, Kim, that you thought was? We, we could talk. They said Lambrusco, if you want to talk sparkling, too. <laughs> Is one of the things. Every year, somebody predicts that this is going to be the year, the year that Lambrusco, Lambrusco takes yeah. off, and it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, not I yet. Totally agree. <laughs> I totally agree. I but know. I, did, we... I have seen less and less people looking for like Rianiti, okay. and they are dabbing a little bit in the the smaller production Lambruscos. Uh, but maybe that whole thing, the Rianiti, killed the Lambrusco category. Yeah. 
uh, but yeah, still. I have a feeling that it kind of did because we have tried to run Lambrusco classes and there is, I don't know if it is a lack of understanding or a lack of interest, but there just does not seem to be people who are interested in taking a class about Lambrusco, shall we say. Yeah. But they're really stellar wines. They're delicious. They're not expensive. You know, you put that with a nice piece of salami and oh my goodness, it's like food and wine heaven. But, yeah, you know, it's a wine, tough, definitely. tough thing in the market. Really now, is your class going to be food with it or just an introduction to it? I think just an introduction, but like variety yeah. of styles. Yeah. So I mean, different to, um, appellations of Lambrusco, different yeah. styles of Lambrusco. That's the way to teach it, to show that there's different yeah. styles and, and totally carbonated and not. and But with food, it's just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it didn't happen. Didn't happen. Nope. Those two trends we started with, what Reddit terms that they said were trending in 2022. And one of the things they said was about branding partner, that last year there would be more branding partners in the wine world. And I have seen that as far as uh, social influencers who were partnering with wineries to push wine more, even to like uh, 19 Crimes has always had a relationship with uh, Snoop Dogg. And then they had a relationship with Martha Stewart. So I did see if that's what they meant by branding partnerships. I think in in our show, we talked about Cheez-Its was pairing with the Oh, that's right. The Cheez-Its. Yeah, I I think that's what they're referring to because it's sort of taking a page from the spirits industry which has a, a long and um, very fruitful, you know, partnership with lots of celebrities and influencers and from sports and music and movies and all different areas of entertainment. We, uh, we, we see that, you know, people want to get into the spirits industry. And so I think you're right that there's, you know, a little bit of that going on in wine and probably will only increase. And it seems like more celebrities are just jumping into the alcohol business, yeah. more on the liquor side, but yeah, on the spirit hearing side. Mm-hmm. more and more dabbling into the wine and TV shows. They're coming out with their own wine. I know at the holiday time I had Hallmark came out with a series of holiday wines. So <laughs> they were kind of branding their channel on wine. So I would say that was a yeah for a trend yeah. in 2022. I think that's quite the marketing leap for the Hallmark channel to, you know, start putting its own brand on wines. Like who would have thought that like an entire network <laughs> would be, but then again, we have Game of Thrones wines. So, right, you know, right. who am I to say? They had another one about half bottles mm-hmm. would be trending in 2022. And once again, I would say that did not happen. I yeah, mean, I'm I, still waiting it, for the half bottle trend. Yeah. And I actually experienced this a few times last year where I went to a restaurant that had half bottles on the menu, ordered them, and they didn't have it. Like, can't find it. I don't know if they're too small and they fell through the shelves or what, but I I just couldn't get it. I've still not had consumers looking for it because I think maybe the the, uh, smaller packaging, like uh, four packs of wine or cans of wine, or even the liquor RTDs have kind of crushed the demand for that size. Mm -hmm. I think there's also an infrastructure issue. You know, it's a lot harder to bottle in those half bottles because they don't technically fit in the same bottling line. Right. And I know we've talked about this before, and that it's, it's just harder for a winery unless 
they send all of their winery to a specialty bottling plant that it's easy to swap out for half bottles. But I think it's, you know, it's harder for the actual producers to produce a whole variety of sizes. So it's just, you know, easier for them to produce a 750 milliliter bottle. And then, you know, that feeds into the, well, if the availability is not there, then I'm not going to buy it. And if I'm not going to buy it, then therefore there won't be the availability because the producers don't think that there's a market for it. So kind of this catch 22 of it's not in the market, but it can't be in the market until there's demand for it. So I think that that's hard for it as well. Yeah. And you mentioned the glass part of it. There was a shortage in 2022 of glass. So Mm -hmm. they didn't have enough of the standard size bottles. So I, I would assume that was why they weren't producing the half size bottles too, which probably didn't help the momentum to get that half bottle thing going again. So yeah, I had read that there was a foundry fire somewhere in Argentina that produces a lot of glass. And so that was a supply chain issue there for glass bottles. So yeah, overall you know, everything shortage. is connected. <laughs> yeah. Overall shortage of glass was an issue yeah. last year. Another trend that they said would happen in 22 would be more good, they say good, box wines. What did you think about box wines last year, Kim? I think this is happening. I think the whole idea of alternative packaging is happening. And not only are we seeing it with some of the larger producers, but I think that we're starting to see it with some smaller producers that maybe don't have as wide distribution, but maybe are selling locally. Like when we went to Long Island this past summer, we visited a couple of wineries that put their wine in bag in a box and they don't, you know, sell to a whole lot of states, but they were investing in alternative packaging because that was something that consumers were were actively looking for. So I think that we are going to we are seeing this trend in, you know, wine being in whether it's bag and box or whether it's cans. And I think that that will continue. So I think that this is something that the trend has started and that that this one will, you know, it might not be that there is a whole lot in bag in a box yet, but I, I think that it is um, happening. I think we discussed this quite a lot when it was talked about last year. And I guess the whole thing about good box wine, I, I understand mm. the idea of being it more sustainable. And I have seen the trend where people are buying more box wine to be more value or more economical for them because of budgets. But I still have not seen the influence of a better quality or a higher, I don't want to say a higher, what's the word I'm working yeah, for? I know what you're, what you're talking about. You know, you some think there has to be like wine. one better brand or better wine in bag in a box to kind of kick it off. Yeah. Like it's that 20, it's that 15 to $25 box wine, three, five liter. There's no like a $50 half, one and a half or three liter wine yeah. out there yeah. that, and I don't think anyone would buy it. It's all still support of the big brands. Yeah. I think that the the, when, when that price tag of like $50 on a box is a li- like the, there's sticker shock there. Right. Right. And like you were saying, someone in Long Island puts a box wine on the shelf up here, you see a Long Island red next to a Franzia or a Boda box red, it's not going to sell. I don't I don't think just because the market is so, it's seeing all the Boda box and the Franzia so much, it would have a hard time competing up with them on the shelf. So I like the idea of the sustainability, but it's not happening because just the big bands rule, the big mm-hmm. brands, excuse me, rule that market and that shelf space. And so has uh, something like Apothic put itself in a box that, yet? That, I'm glad you said that because that's what we talked about last year too. Why, if this is 
so sustainable and so good. Why aren't the big brands putting their their hot sellers in? Yeah. Like the that Menage seems to be or the- naturally what the next step should be is something yeah, like I, that that has the volume and that you know people will KJ. buy a half a case of or a case yeah, of. Right. Well, you know, just buy it in a box instead. If you're that everyday Chardonnay KJ drinker and you're mm-hmm. you're buying a case to a month or something. Uh, and you could buy a box and save money and and it'd be more economical or easier to put in the fridge type of thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know why they don't do it. Yeah. I, I don't know. But so box wines, I guess half and half, it, it it kind of grew in shelf space with the big brands, but I don't think it grew in shelf space with some different producers or higher higher end producers on the shelf. You're listening to The Wonderful World of Wine, and we are your hosts, Mark Lindsay and Kim Simone, exploring all things wine with you. You can go to Kim's website at commonwealthwineschool.com. For more information about myself, please go to franklinliquors.com. You can find all our past episodes on SoundCloud or iTunes, and you can find us on Instagram at The Wonderful World of Wine or on Facebook at The Wonderful World of Wine. We'd like any questions or comments and we post all the articles we talk about. We're back reviewing last year, 2022's trends that we said would trend in 2022, Kim. And we're going through and see if they did or they didn't and kind of give a spin on last year. We talked about uh, Lambrusco, Sparkling, Half Bottles, and we had another article that we talked about last year, which was varietals to watch, Kim. Remember mm-hmm. this? There was, I think, four or five that we talked about, one of it, which was Pais from Chile. And I would say I did not see it, taste it, or get a request for it, even though I, I have it. Uh, it didn't sell. So there was re- really no push for that. Did you see that at all with Pais? No. And I even wrote an online chili class. <laughs> and still there was no discussion or really much mention except in historical terms of this grape variety. So I was, I think when we read this article, I was um, doubtful <laughs> that Pais would become like the varietal of the year. I'm like, I really don't think so. So I am not surprised that uh, yeah. well, this they're... one has not taken off. There's not a whole lot of it in the market. Yeah. I just seen the I think one. Mexican wine was uh more trending than Pais, frankly. Yeah, there was a I mean there was a push. They they didn't really predict it, but I, I think that was one of the ones that mm-hmm. uh was gaining popularity. The what other was of, what was some of the other varieties that were talked about? I, uh, since I remember so, the article, but I don't remember what the specifics were. So from from France, mm-hmm. uh, South Africa, again, not really a big calling. Usually a blended grape. Not no one's really coming in or exploring that particular grape. Uh, did you see any action in Cinso in Nothing 2022? New. No. Nothing. They mentioned Nebbiolo from the Lange. Now, Nebbiolo overall is still a pretty steady grape wine people look for with the Barbarescos and the Barolos. And holiday time, everyone's always trying to gift a nice Barolo maybe, mm-hmm. but uh, it's not looking specifically for Lange, but you know that was kind of a different take on what would trend. Did you see anything happening with Nebbiolo nope. from Longay and Piemonte? No. <laughs> no. So that's I don't know to... where this uh, this writer got their predictions, but they seem to be kind of all over the map. Yeah. And the other one was Palete. Remember the Spanish red, white 
blend. We talked about it. It was that was one of the things they trended. We said we never saw it then, and we, yep. I didn't see it at all last year. So nope. yeah, so that article with those predictions, I'd say, didn't hit the market all. Yeah. And, Not at uh, all. No, and there was talk about sweet wines were going away in 2022. Ha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely not. Sweet wines are never going to go away. Yeah, there's still a, a demand. And I, I'm seeing more people, you know, there's certain wines, grapes that you would always say, okay, it's sweet. And I put them in like the sweet section, you know, Riesling, you know, Moscato. I see people now would at, be in the cab section or, the, you know, the Pinot section. Oh, I don't like dry wines. So I see the palates of the consumer are still wanting a little sweetness, mm -hmm. but I still don't think people understand their palates enough to know what is really a sweet wine. Mm -hmm. does, does that make sense, Kim? Yeah, yeah. Do you see and I think it's teaching? hard with labeling too, because there are a lot of bottles that have noticeable, noticeable to you know to people who like us who who drink a lot of wine and compare a lot of wine, but that I I feel like have noticeable sweetness, but aren't really going to tell you that anywhere on the label. So if you're someone who drinks wine regularly and likes those wines, you might not even know that you're drinking a wine that we would label as a sweet wine. Right. We always say your sweetness and my sweetness are mm -hmm. different things. I, I just think people are having a hard time with what's a sweet, a technically sweet wine versus what's a sweet style. It's like uh it's just they want, and you mentioned earlier, like the uh, apothics. To me, apothic is a sweet wine, mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't think that's sweet. Right, that's exactly what I'm what I'm talking about. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, sweet wines did not go away in 2022 by by any chance. Uh, and I don't think they ever will. I just I think that there's always a market for wines with some sugar in them, and what changes is what is the sweet wine itself? Is it a Moscato versus, is it a Riesling versus, is it White Zinfandel? You know, right. if you go back decades and kind of follow the trends of, well, where did the sweet wine land, you know, in this particular time period, there's always going to be something in the market that has that residual sugar to it. And it's just, what is the particular wine at any point in time that fits that category? So not a style that's ever going to go away. I just feel like it changes its mask every once in a while. Yeah, maybe the classic sweet wines have always trended a little low, like the Sauterne or Tokai, things like that. They're yeah, not but those are popular. dessert wines. Yeah, you know, those aren't like sweet table wines. Yeah. And I think that there's a difference. Well, maybe that's kind of what they were hinting at. Maybe they were thinking dessert wine, classic dessert wines are going to drop. And, and they were always pretty low anyway. But. Yeah. So next, the uh, 2022 prediction they said would be healthy locale wines will trend up last year. And and I'd have to agree, they have increased. Yeah, we've definitely seen this in the market. But the <clears throat> amount of them out there has also increased. So I think it kind of goes together. People are seeing them more, especially uh, January, you sell more of them. There's more uh, no alcohol wines. I, I think I see more uh, no alcohol wines selling than low alcohol wines. Interesting. Do you see any demand uh, people wanting to be educated in a, what's the healthy wine or what's a locale wine or do um, people ask that? We definitely get some questions about like low alcohol or no alcohol cocktails and things like that. As far as wines go, I think we get questions, 
but not necessarily requests for like recommendations. It's more of a, hey, what do you think about dot, 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 and not like this is I'm going to give up my, you know, regular glass of Chianti because I'm looking for something that's lower in alcohol and better for me. Um, I think when we see students come in asking the the questions that they're asking, they're not going to be giving up their regular wine anytime soon. It's more curiosity about, hey, what is this thing that I see in the market? Right. Um, and it does seem to be like the marketing and advertising for these types of products are seemingly everywhere, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, and so I just tell people like, it's going to depend on how it's made. Is some of the alcohol taken out? Are they using less ripe grapes so that they can get lower levels of alcohol because there's less sugar in there to begin with, you know, all, all of those kinds of things. So um, I would say less demand from a wine education standpoint, but I um, definitely can see how it's been something that you, from a retail perspective, um, have been seeing a lot of. It was definitely one in 2022 that increased market space and I think drew a little bit of interest, which carries over into the first part of the next year. So it did increase a little bit. So I'll give them that one. The Vine Peer article I want to talk about was the most viral stories uh, for 2022. And mm. there was a prediction or the talk about in 2022, Taylor Swift had mentioned wine. And saying something about cheap. Oh, but uh, cheap rosé with screw caps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cheap screw cap, screw top rosé. So, do you think something like that last year was bad, and something that will trend into this year? No, like I think it's more people... of a, a recognition that something like rosé is part of you know, our our normal culture now. I don't think that it's going to be that someone's going to listen to her song and be like, oh, screw, screw tap rosé. That means that all rosé is bad or all screw caps are bad. And I just think it's bringing more awareness of <laughs> of a style of wine. And hey, I kind of feel like any awareness of wine in a, in a younger generation is a good thing, as long as they're right. old enough to drink. And and last year, 2022, it's all we tried to do here with the show was to bring some awareness to wine. So that prediction came true. We kept <laughs> bugging the listeners with our talk about wine. That's was right. There, was there bugging other everybody we, about wine. We talked about, Kim, that we thought would happen last year that didn't or did that you can think of. And then I'd like to talk about what we saw. Yeah. I mean, we did talk a lot about supply chain issues, sort of the economics of wine, which I don't think that at the beginning of 2022, we were really prepared for quite the inflation that happened in the second half of the year. So with the cost of everything going up, I certainly know that beer prices have really gone up. And I've seen a little bit of an increase in uh, in wine prices when, when I'm buying things for classes. But I think that that is something that was maybe a little bit on people's radars, but not necessarily to the extent that we saw it at the at the end of the year that that prices would really start to to really be impacted by the economy but certainly this supply chain issue which i feel like we've been dealing with all year only were times when availability was scarce for certain wines or certain styles of wine and whether it was that you know something was stuck on a dock in a container ship or if it was, you know, a particular bad vintage and it was hard to get the grapes picked and turned into wine. A, a host of reasons why there were uh, some issues in 2022. Right. So they, kind of following up the, in 2022, they didn't say or predict there would be, be the <clears throat> shortages, but they did say in 2020, 2021, we drank like crazy. 
mm-hmm. right? Because of COVID. So maybe I guess in 2022, they should have said this is going to catch up because there was so much drain on the supply chain. Yeah. Right. Or that it would be natural for consumption to then go down in 2022, which is something that we saw. Right. And, you know, we I know a lot of industries are this way. It's like you hit a certain number one year and the expectation is, well, keep raising that bar. And I think with with the circumstances of COVID and people being in isolation and, yeah, we drank a little bit more when we were all at home. You know, I don't think that it's realistic to think that people would continue to purchase wine and drink wine at the rate that we did when we were all in the midst of the of the pandemic. So, um, you know, I think that it's uh, more realistic to say, okay, yeah, 2022, probably even 2023 this year, consumption will decline a little bit. And then you put in there cost increases, inflation, just all of the things that are going on with the economy. That shouldn't be a surprise that maybe that's what happens this year. But no one really predicted it in 2022. No, because nobody predicted that we would have this recession and inflation issue in the in the fall. So anything else that we talked about prediction that before we get into what we actually saw, you and I, or I think, I think, think we covered all the ones we mentioned in the, yeah. in the, well, what did you see in uh, 2022 that we didn't talk about, Kim? Did you see any trends that we didn't tell our listeners or something they should watch out for? So I saw something firsthand that we've talked about in the show, but that I hadn't really witnessed myself. And that was the interest in natural wines and orange wines and that style category. And, you know, we've been reading these things like, oh, you know, with different generations of wine drinkers, different styles or different values or or whatnot appeal to different generations. And, you know, like, all right, baby boomers are drinking X, Y, Z. Millennials are drinking X, Y, Z. Gen Z, if they're old enough to drink, um, is drinking X, Y, Z. And I have to say that when we did a few tastings where we did wine flights, the ones that were the most popular were the ones that had unusual varietals, maybe different countries that somebody had not, never had a wine from, an orange wine, a, a wine that was of a, a different style. And I was frankly very surprised at how receptive consumers, especially younger consumers, I would say between the ages of 25 and 35 or 25 and 40, were to some of those styles that we've talked about. And I kind of had always poo-pooed like, yeah, no, nobody's nobody's actually buying those wines. But they are. So, so do, do you I, think the I really natural... found it to be very interesting that, yes, there is this sort of generational divide about what people are interested in drinking and what matters to them. So I thought that that was very uh, eye-opening for me. Do you think the natural wine thing was because of the trend in last year was supposed to be healthier wines and they're thinking it's healthier wine? So No, I don't think it it no. has to do with he- like healthier necessarily like in a calorie kind of way, but more in a environmental kind of way, like in a right. holistic yeah. sort of perspective. Like this is better for the environment. It's better for the workers. It's better for the earth. Therefore, it's better for me. Right. I was just trying to see if we can relate that to the trend they were yeah, saying would happen. Or even the when you're saying people look looking at other varietals and in different wines, yeah. it, it kind of brings back the point where they mentioned these grapes we said we didn't see last year, but maybe they meant people are going to explore different things and you yeah. saw a little bit of that. So but that's I, a good thing. Yeah. And I don't think I heard a single person saying that they wanted to try this because, oh, it must be healthier. You know, right, it was right. more that they were curious. 
and they they wanted to try something new and they were open to the idea of trying something a little bit different. So I found that very pleased and, yeah, you know, in an optimistic thing. kind of way. <laughs> well, that's a good thing is for yeah, no, wine nice. educators or in, in people selling wine to, to give the chance to people to try different things. Mm-hmm. It's great. There's so much out there in the wine world that people can explore. So that that's a great trend that you saw. Yeah. There's a lot of cool stuff out there. Cool. And uh, I think I mentioned, you know, when we talked about sparkling was going to trend, I mentioned Prosecco. And I think that's what I saw in 2022 was Prosecco is just still so strong. And I, mm-hmm. I actually added classes where I just focused on Prosecco and showing the different levels, all the laws of it, the grapes of it, and what the oh, real fun. differences are. Yep. And I think, unfortunately... People still go with certain ones and certain mm-hmm. brands and don't want to explore and see the real value of the ones that are like priced a little bit lower than champagne. Mm-hmm. But I like the way Prosecco really kicked in. It, it almost to the point at the end of 2022, there was a little bit of a shortage getting things back in stock. Yeah. But um, it's just unbelievable how, you know, it gets back to, you know, people saying they want a sparkling or a champagne and then they, they reach for a Prosecco. Yeah. That's kind of what I saw. So, you know, I get excited anytime somebody wants to order any order or order or buy something with bubbles in it. So <laughs> it makes me happy to see that Prosecco is still very strong and that people are learning a little bit more, but then still making the effort to drink those wines. So yeah. I appreciate it. It's good. And uh, so that's a uh, Review of the 2022 trends that they said were going to happen, the so-called experts. And uh, we figured we'd follow up because we always say we're going to follow up with this. So we're going to you know, take a look back. And we actually did this year. So I'm happy we could uh, get you all up to speed on what trended and what didn't trend in 2022. And then join us for our next episode, which will be Trends to Watch For in 2023. Thank you for listening to us today on The Wonderful World of Wine. We have been your hosts, Kim Simone and Mark Lindsay. You can find Mark at franklinliquors.com, find myself at commonwealthwineschool.com. And as always, you can find The Wine Show at Facebook, The Wonderful World of Wine. Please feel free to leave us your questions and comments, and you can find all of our articles listed there. Cheers. Wine, wine, wine.